0: The title of this morning's message is Assembly Required. Assembly Required is the title of this morning's message. The Bible says this in John chapter number 6. John chapter number, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter number six, verse ten. It says, "Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And because many times in America we don't understand the word kingdom because we're a democracy, because we, we operate different than a kingdom does, we do nothing like a kingdom does. We, we we don't really grasp the fullness of that word kingdom. And so God says, Jesus said this in the Lord's prayer, and He says this. He says, "Your kingdom," and I just put a little parentheses and change that word to culture, and it says, "Your kingdom or culture come, your will." or your culture be done on earth in our culture as it is in heaven, your culture. And so we want, as our heart's desire, is to get the culture of heaven that's there to manifest right here in our culture of this earth. And how many of you know when heaven invades earth, the earth changes, not heaven changes. And so it's our desire as we're here wanting the culture of heaven to abide, not just at TWBC, we want it to happen in a moment but start a movement that, that lasts for generations to come. And so the purpose of Abide is to get so accustomed and familiar with the culture of heaven that when we walk out into the earth and see things that aren't right according to the culture of heaven, we change them here in the culture of this earth. And we don't just do it for a moment. We don't just give somebody a moment with Jesus. We don't just give somebody a time frame, a second where they encounter God. We want to do it in a moment, but we want to make it sustainable so it becomes a movement for years to come. And not just years to come, for decades to come. Not just decades to come, but for half a century from now, 50 years from now, when, I, when I'm still preaching, amen, and still seeing God doing great things, amen, and so are you, amen, and God does amazing things. We didn't just have a bunch of moments put together, but we redefined what a culture looked like because you don't change culture overnight, you change culture over time. So we can't just have a movement. We got. We, we must. We can't just have a moment. We must have a movement from the kingdom of heaven here in this earth that abides for a long, elongated period of time until culture begins to shift around us, rather than us beginning to shift around culture. Can I get an amen? And so that is the purpose of this whole series Abide. And we know that we as the body of Christ, we're going to change the seven mountains of influence. We're going to change these seven mountains of influence. And these mountains of influence are family, religion, economy, uh, education, government, arts and media, science and technology. We're going to change these things. But the problem that many people have with we look at all these massive things that we must change is that we're, we're more uh, influenced by the presence of evil around us than the promise of God within us. And that's our big struggle. If we're going to change these seven mountains of influence, we must be more influenced by the promise of God in us than the seven mountains of influence around us. Amen. So we must be more influenced by God's word and God's book than Facebook. Come on. We must be more influenced in what God's kingdom and God's culture has to offer rather than what the latest Twitter feed said. We must be more interested in what God can do through innovation and science and technology rather than science and technology telling us our God isn't real. We ought to use our innovations to prove that there's a God that really does exist. Come on, somebody get with me on that one. Rather than the influences of the world trying to say that that God isn't real, but we know for a fact and for certain that God's real. And God hasn't given us all these seven mountains To influence us, he gave us these seven mountains, so when we influence a mountain, the mountain influences the rest of the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. So it's our heart's desire to begin to influence mountains. We must be more shaped by the presence of God and the promise of God in us than the presence and evil around us. We must be the ones who influence, not be the ones who are getting influenced. And I read a great quote last week in my message, Copper Coins, and it was about Alexander the Great. And one day, Alexander the Great was going on a journey, and there was a beggar on the side of the road. And the beggar on the side of the road uh, was begging for money. And so Alexander gave him gold coins, and a man noticed it and said, Alexander, why did you give this man gold coins when copper would have met the beggar's needs? And Alexander's answer was this, copper coins suit the beggar's needs. Needs, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. Copper coins suit the beggar's needs, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. So many times we've tried to influence mountains out of what we can give, instead of out of what the kingdom can give. And can I tell you, all that Joel's got to give is some copper, but all that the kingdom has to give is pure gold. Can I get an amen? So much so that God paves His streets with gold. Everything that's based in heaven is pure and excellence and great. And so, if I can give him what the kingdom has to offer, not what Joel has to offer, a mountain can change and a mountain can move and an influence can happen. But if I I only give them out of what I got. (laughs) Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. And so Alexander said it best. Copper coins suit what the world actually needs. But that's not how what God wants to give. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. He didn't just give a sacrificial lamb of the old covenant. He said, I'm not giving copper anymore. In fact, I never chose to give copper from the beginning because the Bible says Jesus was slain before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. So before a sin ever even occurred, God already knew that I'm giving gold, not copper. So we must begin to have the same mindset. We must begin to give gold and not copper. We must begin to give the things of the kingdom, not the things of ourselves. We must not ask ourselves any longer, what can I do about this issue? We must begin to ask ourselves, what can the kingdom of God do and what can the kingdom of God offer this issue? See, when you, when you say, what can I do, you're just simply limiting it, limiting it to copper. When you say, what can the kingdom use? you say, God, I'm time to, it's time to start giving gold. It's time to start giving some gold. And so it's our desire as a church to give gold in, in every area. And I, I wrapped up last week's message, and I said this, what do we need to do to go from useful to necessary? What do we need to go, do to go from useful to necessary? What is our gold coins for the kingdom that TWBC has to offer? And I I read this verse, and it's Isaiah 61, verse 4, B, the second part of it. And it says, They shall repair, or to make new, the ruined cities, to make new the devastation of many generations. This is our heart from God. This is our goal that we offer Sulphur Springs, Northeast Texas, and around the world. This is what makes TWBC from this day forward, last week forward, all the way through the future, now more than useful but vitally necessary to the kingdom of God. And we shall repair and make brand new. That word means redeem. Jesus Christ came to redeem. Make brand new. Bring back to an original state. To make brand new the ruined cities. To make brand new the devastation of many generations. Can I get an Amen. I'm ready to see generations change. I'm ready to see cities rebuilt. I'm ready to see places in Silver Springs glorify God that weren't built to glorify God. Because we rebuilt a city and we redid a city and we made it brand new. All things begin to glorify God. Can I get an amen? Uh, why not? Why not? If, he ain't gonna, if he's going to do it, why not through me? Why are we going to wait till my kids are 18? Let's do it now. Don't you want your babies to experience the goodness, not toil through the trouble? And that brings us to where we're at today. Today's message starts with You are necessary. Everybody say, I am am. necessary. Everybody say, I am am. necessary. One more time say, I am am. necessary. See, I got to get you believing you're necessary, you're more than just useful you got to believe that you're necessary. And when you start believing that you're necessary and start knowing that you're necessary, God can begin to use and do great and mighty things through you. And I'm so glad God doesn't pick people the way that people pick people. Come on. I am so glad that God doesn't pick people the way that people pick people. Because so many times the way people pick people, they're based on their outer appearance versus the way God picks people. He doesn't do it on outer appearance. He does it on potential within. And I'm so glad that God doesn't pick people the way that people picks people. Because if we always pick people the way people pick people, we wouldn't get anywhere. But God chose fishermen and tax collectors to be his disciples. Come on. He chose a Gentile man to write Luke and Acts. Come on. He chose people that people didn't pick. But I'm so glad God doesn't pick people the way that people pick people. I want to read to you this account out of uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 12. The Gospel of Matthew, I'm sorry, it's chapter 14, verse 12. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, verse 12. Very common story, you all know it. I'll begin to read it and you're like, oh, I've heard that story a billion times. You've heard it a billion times but I want a new perspective on it for the first time. You may have heard it a billion times, but I want you to have a new perspective on it for the first time. It's Matthew 14, verse 12. And it says, Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. How many know Jesus wanted to get away sometimes? He withdrew to a desolate place by himself, but when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns, and he, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Somebody's going to get healed this morning. Give me an amen. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. How many of y'all ever been in a desolate place before? Sometimes in your desolate places is where God wants to use you the most. But you're so busy focusing on your problem, you don't see your potential. That wasn't even in my notes. I'm just going to leave it. This is a desolate place. And the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces. Everybody say broken pieces. That were left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 with uncounted women and children. See... What many of us don't realize as we read this story, that we look at this little boy as a hero. We look at this little boy as amazing. We look at this little boy as phenomenal. We look at this little boy, oh, a little boy with such great faith, loved it. The people in that day looked at at him uncounted and unqualified. Notice the Bible says he fed 5,000, not including women and children. See, sometimes you can only see the full picture when you're looking back. Everybody say looking back. I'm setting you up for later in the message, okay? So everybody say looking back. Everybody say looking back. (laughs) See, it's easy for us to recognize this kid as a hero. Oh, he was so great. He gave Jesus his five loaves and his two fish. What an amazing young man with great faith. No, everybody in the village, all the 5,000 uh, men with uncounted women and children looked at his, him as uncounted and unqualified. But looking back, we see a whole different picture. See, a lot of us miss the amazing things of God in our life. A lot of us are quick to recognize what is missing And we miss what is possible. See, in your life, you're quick to recognize what's missing and you're missing what's possible. Look at that. A lot of us are so quick to recognize what is missing that we miss what is possible. See, all the disciples recognize what was missing. Jesus, there's not enough food here. Jesus, send them away at to all times. Jesus, do something else because we're missing something. We're missing all the food to feed almost 20,000 people, as some have estimated. There's not enough food in the land to feed them. And Jesus said, you're missing what's missing. <laughs> and sometimes we're so quick to recognize what's missing, we miss what's possible. Some of y'all need to take a picture of this slide because it's the story of your life. You've always recognized your shortcoming and you've missed your possibilities. You've always recognized what you haven't had and what you ain't got and what you don't have like everybody else, that you're missing what is possible because you're not looking at what you do have right in front of you, even though others may look at it as unqualified and uncounted. If it's all you got, baby, it's all you got. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what's in your life as potential. Some of y'all have been looking at your life in a broken status. And God says, it's not really broken. It's not really broken. But it may require some assembly. Some of you can't be who you're called to be because you don't even like who you are. Some of you cannot be who you're called to be because you don't even like who you are. All you see is your divorce, or your second divorce, or your third divorce, or your fourth divorce. Some of y'all are like I know I'm the fourth. It's quit it. Some of y'all all you see is your last drink that you had fifteen years ago and you still consider yourself an alcoholic. Now, I don't, I consider you sober for fifteen years, filled with the power <laughs> and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. See, some of you are so quick to see your problems that you're missing your potential. Some of you blame who you are today on your lack of education when you don't realize that there's wisdom from God Almighty. And if you've got a brain between these two ears and ears that can hear and an eye that can see, God can get you wisdom that is unparalleled to education, but all you see is that you're missing your education, and so therefore you're missing the potential of wisdom. Listen, I'm preaching three messages at once this morning, so y'all better just buckle up. I mean, I'm going with this one. So you got to quit missing what God is doing because you're so busy focused on what's missing, you're missing what's possible. Some of you are so focused on your trial that you're missing what the, the calling of God is on your life. Some of you do not like who you are, therefore it's impossible for you to be who you're called to be. Whatever place you're at in life right now, whether you're broke or whether you're a billionaire, whether you're hungry or whether you're well-fed, whether you're tall or whether you're short, thank you, Jesus' glorified bodies are coming, whether you're fat or whether you're skinny, whether you're white, whether you're black, it doesn't really matter. When you begin to look at yourself and say, I'm not changing anything in my past, but I'm looking at right here of God, who God has me today, you're then destined for your potential. You're not going to sit here in the problems that are missing. You're not going to sit here with this. We must begin to understand what God is doing. If we will let God, if we will let God take hold of what is broken and what you say disqualifies you or what everybody else in the world says is unqualified about you, if we'll let God take those pieces that we may think are broken, he looks at you and says, no, baby, you're not broken. You just require some assembly. You're not broken. Everybody say, I'm not broken. I'm not broken. But I require assembly. See, God's definition of broke is different than our definition of broke. God's definition of broke is different than our definition of broke. And if you'll begin to understand where you're at right now, and you'll begin to see who you are right now, goods, bads, faults, and shortcomings, and insecurities, and and divorces, and mess-ups, and mistakes, and and career changes that you shouldn't have made, and career changes that you should have made that you didn't make, and, and quit beating yourself up over all the junk, and realize all that stuff that you consider junk are just different pieces, that if we'll stop where we're at and say, Father, I bring you all my pieces... He then has the ability to say, You ain't broken. You just require some assembly. So you must begin to realize that you're not just necessary, you're necessary right where you are. Be necessary right where you are. You don't gotta go to Africa to be necessary. You don't have to go to South America to be necessary. You don't got to go to Dallas-Fort Worth and make a million dollars a year to be necessary. You don't have to go to the Metroplex to make something of yourself. God's already made something of you. You just got to bring him your pieces that you consider broken. He says you're not broken. You just require some assembly, and I can make you necessary right here in Sulphur Springs. And this mountain in Sulphur Springs can be the city that is set up on a hill that cannot be hidden, that will transform the mountains of influences that can then change the world. you got to bring him your pieces. you got to bring him who you are. you got to be necessary wherever you're at. Have you ever noticed how differently things look looking back on a situation than when you're in the moment of the situation? Come on. That'll preach. Everybody's smiling because y'all know what I'm talking about. I'll give you an example. Have you ever noticed how it's easy to give a teenager advice because you're looking back because you've been there, but when you were there, you sucked? Does that illustrate it good enough? See, it's easy when you're looking back on the picture... To give teenagers advice and then you get mad just like you got mad at them. Well, I don't believe. I don't know why they're not listening to me. I've been there. You're seeing the big picture. They're in the picture and in the moment. But when you were in the moment, you weren't so great either. (laughs) But how many of you know that God can take those pieces of your not greatness? (laughs) Come on. And you ain't broken. You just require some assembly. (laughs) Some of y'all ain't never going to get past that point. I've lost some of y'all for the rest of the message. Because y'all are reliving your teenage years. Get out of it, okay? Back to 2016. Have you ever noticed how differently things look when you're looking back on it? And have you ever noticed how difficult things seem when you're going through it? Have you ever noticed? See, the ending of that story with the boy with the five loaves and the two fish doesn't really end there. It goes on to the next part of Scripture where we've messed up the Bible because we've added all these subtitles in it and we don't just read it all at once and get the full picture because Jesus said when they got into the boat and a great storm came just hours later and they saw this great miracle here and they were amazed here and they were rejoicing because they saw the picture, the the full picture looking back, they immediately stepped into another picture looking forward that they were in the middle of and, and in the middle of it, Jesus got up rebuked. The whims and the winds of the wave and says, "Do you not remember the pieces? Come on now, some some of y'all miss that. When they got done, they have twelve basketfuls of pieces. The pieces of the past picture are setting you up for the miracle that you need in this picture." The pieces of your past that you consider broken and don't want anybody to know about if you're in the midst of this trial and God got you through that one to this one, Jesus is saying, remember the pieces. Because it's difficult when you're going through it, but when you're looking back on it, it's like, oh, I see what God was doing. Come on. I'll give you story after story about my life that fills that. We've got to begin to understand that God is wanting to do something with our pieces, the truth of the matter is God isn't going to give you everything all at once. You're going to have to build it. God's not giving you everything all at once. You're going to have to build it. I remember when Damon took over TWBC Rage, and there were hurt kids, and there were kids that had gone through trials. There were kids that had gone through circumstances. And, and D, I, I don't even want to exaggerate, so about how many kids were there? About 30 kids? That's what I was thinking, but I want to make sure I was right, so I was going to ask you. We're at about 30 kids. And I remember the first thing Damon began to tell Jeff and I because I think we're the only only other two on staff besides the secretary and mom, the counselor and stuff. And he began to tell us what you wanted to do. And I realized at that point, God ain't going to give us all this at once. We're going to have to build it. And Damon came up with a, a building plan for TWBC Rage. And everybody today in the whole community looks at Damon and says, wow, how did you get such a great youth group? He didn't get a great youth group. He had to build a great youth group. And in what was difficult at the time, he trusted God moving forward. So now everybody looks back and says, wow, you've done such a great job. And Damon said, I didn't do a great job. I had to build something. God doesn't give it to you all at once. You've got to build it. Everybody say, I'm going to build it. Jeff, when we started base groups, we've had other churches contact us. Hey, how do y'all do your home groups? You're doing great. And we, we, we didn't just come up with a philosophy. He, six, he spent six months getting a blueprint down. And he began to build it. And now we don't just got base, but we got base too. I mean, it didn't just happen. Everybody looks back and says, wow, that just like appeared overnight. No, we had to build it overnight. Come on. It had to be built it, you don't get everything all at once. It's got to be built sometimes. You know, my, my kids absolutely love these things. My kids love these things. They're called Legos. I am so glad my kids have an Uncle Jeff that loves Legos. Come on now. Because I detest Legos. Legos. I hate them when you got to build it. I hate it when you got to assemble it. I hate it when you step on them in the middle of the night. I don't like Legos. I don't like anything about Legos. But my kids love Legos. So therefore, they got a whole wall on their room that we had to build a shelf for and to, take, to contain Legos. Some are big Legos. Some are small Legos. Some are for toddlers that they've outgrown, and we got to get rid of them. And so, some are, like, crazy like this one. And this looks actually pretty cool, though. (laughs) This picture actually looks pretty cool. I'm glad my kids aren't in there. I'd be getting ganked right now. And many of us look at our life like this box, and you get this picture, but you open it up, and you get... Oh, no. I did not sign up for that. Maybe the rest is in here somewhere. Oh, no, that's even more pieces than the other bag. Shirley, Shirley. Pastor, you got to say some words. What do you do when the picture doesn't look like the pieces? What do you do when the picture doesn't look like the pieces? I see a Batman ship. I see a villain. I see something that looks like fun, but I open up the box, God, and all I got was pieces. It's just pieces. And it doesn't look like the picture. See, your life isn't given to you in completeness. Sometimes you got to build it. Sometimes you got to use the pieces. It doesn't happen all at once, but you got to use the pieces. you got to begin to use where God has you. And when it doesn't look like the picture on the box, can you trust him with the pieces? Because here's what I said earlier. See, when I asked my son Caleb about the ship, I said, Caleb, do you like the ship? He says, no, Daddy, it's broken. I said, it's not broken. It's in pieces, and it requires some assembly. Some of you think that you're broken. You're not broken. You're just pieces that require assembly, and I'm so glad that pieces that require assembly don't just come in pieces but they kind of come with a book that goes along with it. Amen. And if some of you will start applying your pieces to the book, this book will get you to the full picture. But you've got to realize it happens over time, and it's not something that's given. It's something that's built. Will you fall in love with the pieces of your life? And I'm going to tell you this. Some of you made decisions and you've gone down trials that were not ordained by God, that were not in the plan of God for your life, and you've made mistakes and you've made issues. But I know this, that the Bible says when we are born again, we become a brand new creation in Christ Jesus and all things are made new. And if we'll trust him with the pieces that we think are broken, he begins to work out all things together for good. Even your bad past decisions, when now you're reconciled to him through redemption and all things are being made new. So even with your pieces that we're not ordained by him, when we trust ourselves in the hands of an almighty creator God who put the stars in the sky, who created the earth, what can he do with your pieces? Oh, Gosh, I got five messages on pieces. <laughs> and I can't go down any of them right now. Except this, fall in love with your pieces. Right. Yeah. I don't care that you got pregnant before you're supposed to get pregnant. You love that peace that's in your life, and you'll defend it to the end. Don't regret your mess-ups. Bring your pieces that you consider broken to God, because God's saying, I see your pieces. And some assembly is required. Let's talk about assembly required for a moment. We talk about assembly required. We got to begin to realize that maybe your life comes in pieces on purpose and you're not broken, but you got some assembly that needs to be required in every area of your life. God gives you a picture, God gives you a picture, then He hands you a piece. But God, this doesn't look like the picture. You got to build it. He gives you a picture, and then he, ha- he gives you a picture. Then he hands you a piece. Gives you a picture. Then he hands you a piece. Every parent that's born, every parent that's in here, say amen. amen. When you had a baby, you said, "I'm gonna raise a world changer," right? And the first thing you got to do was change a piece called a diaper. It didn't happen all at once. It's still happening. For some of you, y'all are past the diaper stage, but our kids are just going into the pre-K and, and kindergarten stage. Some of y'all got kids going into the high school stage, and, and, and you say life's better then than it is now, but I don't see how it's better then than it is now because I'm not looking from your perspective. You're looking back on my perspective. Everybody say looking back. See, looking back, it's easy to see the big picture of what you're going through, but when you're in the moment looking forward, you're saying, I don't know what God can do with this. Trust Him with your pieces. And sometimes the picture doesn't always look like the piece, but if we'll trust him with our pieces, it'll end up with the picture. You can't judge a picture by a piece. So why are you worried about somebody judging you by a piece of your life? They don't know your pieces. They don't know your plan and your destiny either. They see one piece of your life and they make a judgment call on you. Aren't you glad God doesn't pick people the way that people pick people? They look at your drunken state that was two months ago, and all they see is a piece, and they're judging you by that piece that was drunk, but now that peace is in church. They don't understand that after that night you got drunk, you truly got born again and saved and delivered and brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And now God's gonna use that bad piece that he didn't ordain, but because all pieces work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, he's gonna use that mess up and mistake for a message of a peace, but don't judge your whole picture by one piece. Some of you are good at 15, 20 things in your life, and you're judging yourself by the one bad thing. Everybody say, that's Joel T. Meyer. Come on. Come on. I do it all the time. I'd be great in 15 areas, and if there's one area I'm struggling in, I'm horrible at all of them. I'm just horrible at everything. And I'm, praise God I got a wife who's consistent. Because <laughs> I don't know how she sees the promise, because I only see the pieces. Because she sees the promise more than I see. She stayed steady with the promise when I only saw pieces and said, God, this thing ain't ever going to work. This church ain't ever going to come together. I don't know what's going to happen because all we got is pieces that don't fit together. But, but, but all I can do is trust you with the pieces. Somebody say there's potential in my peace. Somebody say there's a promise in my peace. Because you can't judge the picture by a piece. You don't have to say that. You can't judge the picture by the piece. You can't judge the end product by the piece that you're in because if you're still putting pieces together, you're not to the end product. You're still in the picture frame. See, we love to give the disciples a hard time for the things they didn't do in the boat and the things they should have done in the boat. These were professional fishermen, as Derek talked about Wednesday night. They shouldn't have been scared in a boat with a storm coming and water coming in. But we look back on them and we're sitting there saying, what are you doing? You got the Son of God with you in the boat. We weren't in their picture. Right. They're saying, what are you doing worried about electric bills? You got the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all the power of God resting on your life. You got the anointed Son of God living in here in heaven praying for you. You got everything that heaven has to offer. Gee, we learned about in the last series, he said, all that I have is yours. And you're worried about the electric bill, see, all you see is a piece. Don't judge somebody by the peace that they're in. Because it's always easier from the outside looking in. It's always easier from a different perspective looking in. So wherever you're at in your life, I'm praying you have a perspective change. And if you're in a bad place, saying, hey, it's just a peace. <laughs> and I'm gonna trust it to God. If you're in a great place, say it's just a peace. <laughs> And I'm going to entrust it to God because I know this piece plus this piece. And when I start assembling pieces together, if I assemble them in the right manner, according to the word of God, being led by the Holy Spirit, these pieces are going to start coming together. And I'm going to use tall pieces and skinny pieces and short pieces and red pieces and yellow pieces and black pieces and even stick some some stickers on some pieces. And eventually it's going to end up being a ship that looks like this. There's potential in your pieces. And God's definition of broken... Is different than your definition of broken. Your brokenness that you say, it disqualifies you. God says the things that you look at as broken, I look at as some assembly required. And your pieces are what I'm trying to assemble. So what you think disqualifies you actually qualifies you because it can't be done without him. And when he's got to get in on it, it becomes a different picture. So will you give him your pieces and see what he can do with your life? Most people look at the picture of TWBC and see this. They see all the great things God's doing today. They see the wonderful things God's doing today. And, and they're, they're quick to say, wow, you are so blessed. God gave you such a great church. <laughs> You're so blessed. you got such amazing ministers on your staff. And I quickly say, yes, I do. Come on, I should have at least got two amens. I mean, come on here. <laughs> Jeez. We got such great ministry, people understand. How did you get them? <laughs> Y'all think they just pop out of a factory. <laughs> you just go to the store and get another one if they ain't there. <laughs> just hire somebody else. It don't work like that. That's right. That's right. See, everybody, 16 years ago, they look back and they say, Wow, you got such amazing church. See, 16 years ago, I was the little boy with five loaves and two fish and just had two pieces. I just had two pieces. I had a mom and a dad that believed in me and said, we're coming to your first church. I just had two pieces. And I was the unqualified, disqualified, uncounted, unrecognized little boy that I actually had pastors pat me on the head and say, I love your, I love your faith. I love your faith. And you could just sense the sarcasm. Of oh you don't know and oh you're gonna fail and oh this and oh that and oh you just I I just love your faith. It's easy to look back after sixteen years and say how great it is. You weren't there with the first three pieces. You weren't there. It's easy to look back on an amazing worship team that Mitch has assembled, an amazing youth group that Dame has assembled, an amazing uh, uh, base group that Jeff's assembled, amazing crossover group that Clay and Tara had assembled, amazing freedom ministries that are going on in the church, all the amazing things that are going on in the church, and say, wow, the great children's department that's going on in the church. And you say, wow, God's given y'all such great things. And he didn't just give it, but we had to build it. And see, you don't realize sitting in this congregation you're part of a new picture. Because within a few years when we're in a brand new building and holding in place, people are going to show up from Dallas and Rockwall and Mount Pleasant and Texarkana and Pittsburgh and all over the Northeast Texas area to see what God is doing. And they're going to say, God has given y'all such great things. And you can look back and say, you don't understand when we were in pieces in the old building, you don't understand. (laughs) See, you're a part of the picture now. And so in 10 years from now, when I, I don't even want to, start. I'm just going to stop because time is up. 10 years from now, when you're here and you're serving, and some of you in this room are in full-time ministry here at the church. You're going to look back and people are going to say, wow, how did you do that? It's like, it wasn't given, it had to be built. And so this little boy, 21 years old. Jesus said he needed a church in Silver Springs. I just brought in my pieces. I just brought in my pieces. He said, Joel, there's potential in your pieces. Joel, there's power in your pieces. And he gave me a piece, and I said, but God, it doesn't look like the picture. But then he gave me another piece, and, he, and I said, God, it still do not look like the picture. And he's giving me some more pieces, but... We're not close to the full picture yet. So here's the key to this whole message. Here's the key to this whole message. And can you trust God? Can you trust Him moving forward in what you'll only be able to see looking back? See, because right now we're in the picture moving forward, so we don't know all this. We just know that there's pieces, and we got to assemble pieces, and we got to build with pieces, and the pieces have potential, and the pieces have promise, but the pieces aren't broken. They just got to be assembled. But how can we? We got to learn to trust God moving forward, and what we'll only be able to see looking back. See, I look at Easter Sunday with over a thousand people at TWBC, and if we didn't continually trust Him moving forward with the picture, not the product, the picture, We would never be able to see the product looking back. If you don't trust God moving forward right now with the pieces of your life, you'll never look back and see the finished product that he's trying to do. That person that's inside you. That ideal you that's inside you. That, that you that's inside you that, that you see only in your dreams in the, in the darkest places of the night that you're so afraid to let everybody in to get in on. That person that's in you, you need to let that picture come to life. Let that picture come to life. And I say it like this, and I'm saying it with my eyes closed because I don't want... Let it come to life. But you're saying the picture doesn't look like the pieces. But God said, I work all pieces together for good. All of them. The cancer you didn't expect to have, that I'll clarify is not from God. That the enemy's throwing an attack on your life, water overcoming your boat. Come on. He said, I work all pieces together for good. The pieces that were not ordained by me that you made out of foolish mistakes. The pieces that were not in my plan because the enemy is trying to step in on your life. And the pieces that I have ordained. I make all pieces. All pieces work together for good to those who love me and are called according to my purposes. You are called according to his purpose. You have a place in the kingdom because you are necessary. The next step is you got to trust him with your pieces, even though it may not look like the picture on the box. If we follow the instruction book long enough, the pieces are going to come together, and a picture is going to be made for you to only realize that this picture is part of a bigger spectrum, and you're just a piece of a picture that's really of a bigger picture.